episode 44 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. Yay! Ah! It is Monday, February 24th, and tonight we are here to bring you all of the comic book news from the past week. There seems to have been a lot of shit coming out lately. We haven't been able to do a subject-specific episode every every time I start thinking, alright, what can we do next week? There's just a deluge of comic book news that comes out. Movie news, some comic news, some animated series news. So we're going to hit up all the stuff that we think is worthy to talk about tonight. But first... Who is name. on this podcast anyway? I was getting there. Send us up. My name is Paul McGinty. With me are... Ian Sharpley. And... Matt Cassell. There we are, folks. You did the butt first, and I was like, whoa, whoa, too early. But... Pump your brakes. Better, better late than never. True. That's true. And as late as this may be, housekeeping. Oh, see, I hate whatever you do. You just... Throw it on me all quick like that. You would do this now every I'm so, time. I'm so surprised. Well, how long do you need? I need a little. Ready to... I need a little wine and dine. I need to get a little loose. I'm not trying to fuck you. I just want you to tell us tell was, them about the website. Was that shot not enough? <laughs> it it was enough. It got me all ready to tell these fine people about McSauce.com. Might be in mourning today. Uh, Ghostbuster has fallen, unfortunately. Comic great and director as well, Harold Ramis. I didn't get into any of the details of it. Was it just... He had a long-going bout with uh, some kind of disease. I'm not necessarily sure. I saw he was 63. Yeah, it was... 69. 69. Though Matt probably won't get that reference. Because he only understands obscure movie references. If you are in mourning like we are, the only way to cope is to go to mixsauce.com and check out the lovely strips, the wonderful podcast that you're listening to now, and the okay reviews, if you like reviews. <laughs> Did we get any reviews last week like we begged and pleaded for? We begged and pleaded like sad little children last week. We said, fans, if you love us at all... Please, please post a review. And lo and behold, on February 23rd, we oh did boy. receive a review yeah. from number one fan, Teresa Barker. It states, five stars, mix awesome. Wow, well done. I've listened to every episode and can honestly say I've learned so much more about comics and pop culture. These boys know their stuff. Or are good at faking their way through it and never back down from that an honest opinion. That's true. I'm glad you are a part of my daily routine and we're glad that you sent along such love, Teresa. Thank you. We Thanks, really Teresa. appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Teresa. And um, that goes out to all of you. If you could leave us some kind of review, we'll read it here on McSauce and shower you with love. Another thing to keep in mind whenever you're listening to the podcast, much like Marvel movies, you have to stay to the end to get the full volume of what we're doing. Past couple weeks, we've had little little snippets, little outtakes for your listening pleasure. So when you hear the music come up, 
Don't just close out of the episode. Listen to the end, and you might hear something funny. So, without further ado, I think we'll talk about said comic book news, said TV news, reaction to trailers, why don't, why don't anger. We, why don't we start off with some light news? Light news? And why don't you so guys... yeah, Harold Ramis died today. Is that, or is that too heavy? That's light. That's light. Yeah, that's not... That's so no Ghostbusters light. 3, huh? No, no Ghostbusters kind 3. Kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, maybe maybe this is a blessing in disguise because maybe it would have sucked. Yeah, Ghostbusters the, 2 really wasn't that good. No, it wasn't. The only way... But I didn't they change that script around a lot? Wait, what did you say? Ghostbusters 2 wasn't that good? Yeah. Didn't they change the script around oh, wait, a whole I think, lot? I think Uh-oh. we're going to get into something here. Now, granted, Ghostbusters, the original... Ghostbusters 1? We can't say that? We can't say 1? Fantastic. But Ghostbusters 2 is a solid movie. Ghostbusters 2 is better than The Crystal Skull. Yes. As far as sequels to good originals go. But then wouldn't we be comparing it to Temple of Doom then? Ghostbusters 2 is better than Bogus Journey. I don't know. Oh, I, you're crazy. I, I'm not saying that, but there are a lot of people out there. I got an argument last week about Bogus Journey versus Excellent Adventure. There are people that support Bogus Journey 100%. A lot of station guys out there. There's some brilliant things in Bogus Journey. Death is fucking amazing. Right. The whole time they're in hell or wherever with death, it's mm-hmm. fucking great. But as soon as that, what, first half hour, 45 minutes of the movie's over, then it's just garbage. It's when they go so to heaven, bad, it's weird. I keep yeah. getting it confused with the He-Man movie from oh. the same era. Uh, there's some, isn't there some what are you talking? Yeah, the what parking get, lot with like robots. Yeah, the the isn't it? It's the station aliens. Yeah. No, the second half of Bogus Journey kills any kind of positivity that that movie could have. Really, death really? is so good in Bogus Journey. Yeah, Death is so good in Bogus Journey, but he's only in it for a short amount of time. Matt, have you ever seen Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey? One time, probably when I was about 17. Really? Yeah. I missed it when it first came out. Years later, I rented it from Movies Plus and, uh, you know, got the VHS, checked it out, was like, this is okay. It didn't really leave that big of an impression. Certainly not the impression that... Um, excellent adventure left. I was a big Bill and Ted guy, so oh, we yeah. went to the theaters to see both of those movies. I have the comic book, the Marvel Comics version of Bogus Journey. I'll have to dig that out and read it. It's pretty good. Pretty yeah. damn good. Compared, like, yeah, I, Bogus Journeys gets gets pretty rough, but the entirety of Ghostbusters Two, solid. It's solid. It's solid. All the video business, Peter McNichol. Solid. I can't hear the song that they play when they get the Statue of Liberty walking. I can't hear that on the radio. Your love is lifting me high. Yeah. It takes me right back to Ghostbusters 2. I feel like I'm covered in pink goo. Much love for Al Ramis. Much love. You know, Ghostbusters 2 is it's quite a dichotomy there. Ooh, look at out. On one hand... It was actually pretty awesome. It was pretty brilliant, and it was particularly creepy in a lot of parts. Like, more scary than 
anything in the first one, in some parts. Uh, when they open up the containment in the first one, and all the spirits come out, that was pretty creepy. That was, that scared me whenever I was a little kid. In the first one, when the dog is chasing Martin, or uh, what's his name? Lewis. Tully. Chasing Dude Lewis from Tully honey the park, shrunk the and kids. he's trapped outside that restaurant, and no one can really hear him. Like, that always terrified the shit out of me. Because he's right there. He's in civilization. He still gets turned into a dog anyway. I guess, but I think it, maybe for a seven-year-old that's a little scary. But I feel like the, the pink goo, when they go down into that sewer, yeah. and they see this just this river of this pink lava running through the city, there was just something really kind of creepy about it. Even today, I feel like that's a little bit creepy. Whereas the Lewis dog chase thing, if you watch it as an adult, it's actually more humorous than anything. I don't know. When he's banging on the glass and at that restaurant, like that, that it's scary to me. Like being the, the potential for being in that situation. But yeah. The pink goo stuff is creepy. Yeah. Where the dog stuff is scary. I, under, I understand, have... I'm sorry, but I oh, understand okay. your distinction Creepy versus scary. However, the dog stuff had clear humor injected into it. The way, like, all the patrons in the restaurant reacted. Just, and he was like, the oh, sound, oh, Right, the sound like effect in. as you hear him slide down the glass. Like, it was meant to be more funny than scary, I think. How about the, but, the first scene with the in the library? That was pretty scary. That was pretty scary, but... I felt like toward the end of the second one, where, again, I don't know why, maybe Ghostbusters 2 is more creepy than scary, but like when the the Titanic shows up at the end of the second one, and you have all these passengers walking out, I remember as a kid, I thought that was a little bit... Yeah, and like when when Vigo's kind of, he's kind of transmorphing... Towards the end, and they're shooting him with the goo, and he kind of has like the demon face and all that. Mm-hmm. That was a little scary. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was it was a good movie, but it wasn't as good as like, Ghostbusters the original. The, the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man, even Zool, that was like more almost an action movie. It wasn't scary, but the stuff that went on at the end of the second one was I thought scarier. With that said, it had some like kind of not so great stuff. I think. I think we're still going to see a Ghostbusters 3. At some point, Seth Rogen and the boys will throw in the proton packs. We'll see some version of Ghostbusters 3. I don't know if it'll be good or not, but I, I think that'll, that's still... Today's unfortunate news withstanding. If, it's still coming down the line at some point. If those guys got together, if your Ghostbusters were Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill, James Franco, and... Uh, Craig, Robinson. Craig Robinson. I was gonna say Craig Robinson. Who's Craig Robinson? The black guy from Hot Tub Time Machine. Uh, He's the black guy yeah, in yeah, all yeah. those movies. Right? Isn't if that you're the Human Torch? Yeah. If you're Ghostbusters, how amazing would that casting be? <laughs> if that was your Fantastic Four, if, if if that's your new Ghostbusters, I would be absolutely on board because I think those guys would be respectful of what came before, and they would make it. They'd try to make it Ghostbusters 3 instead of going ahead and trying to just reboot Ghostbusters. Would they be Peter Venkman, Ray Stance, Egon Spengler, and... 
Winston's Edmore. Winston's Edmore. Edmore. Or Matt forgot the black guy. Not me. I love black folks. Are you trying to uh, put some shine on your <laughs> reputation? I'm trying to. I'm trying to score some points now before we get to that fantastic forecasting. <laughs> yeah, uh, now, I don't know. I think if they cast it like that, they would have to. They would be those characters. The original plan, whenever all the Ghostbusters was were alive, was to have new junior Ghostbusters. But at this point, you mean twelve hours ago? Twelve hours ago, that right, was the original plan. Bill Things Murray, change in Hollywood. It's very fluid, Matt. But Bill Murray's been fighting that for years. I don't think that was ever. Gonna who happen. owns the property to Ghostbusters? Is there some uh, Paramount? Is that who owns? Somebody's going to go forward with this. Paramount, maybe. Paramount, Mount, Mont, Mount. I think that it would be wrong to make those characters the original characters and just let them be the, the next generation of Ghostbusters. I think, yeah, I think if they did it, they'd just be new guys. Maybe one of them is related <laughs> to one of the originals. Right. That would be good, but you guys are saying that's the way that you would want it. Hollywood would probably probably not care and just go ahead and recast. Well, Hollywood would Much probably like push Fantastic a reboot because they try to reboot everything. Exactly. What else are they trying to reboot lately? The Fantastic Four? Robocop? Total Recall? Everything? The Fantastic Four. So that's why I'm saying, um, you know, it doesn't matter what we think they should do. They're not going to do that. They would reboot it and recast. Except for Star Wars, which they're not doing. That's because Harrison Ford didn't die today. Of course, if he did, There's I think still they, would still, oh, I think they would still move forward. It's only 719. You know he's 71 years old? 71. I, I saw, this past weekend, I saw more of Crystal Skull than I ever have. I've never sat down and watched the entire thing. But I caught the infamous you didn't go with us refrigerator scene. No. I've never seen Crystal Skull. It's, um... it's It was really weird for me to watch because, like, he looks so old. But he's still, he, like, he's still capable of being that character, being that style of character. Mm-hmm. But I don't think physically the way he looks is, is helping him out in that Indiana Jones role. What was that, five years ago that came out? 2008. <clears throat> so more than five years ago. Yeah, it was really uh, really weird for me sitting down and, and watching, watching bits and pieces of that. Mm-hmm. Especially now after all the Venom that's gone into that. There's no way to watch it with an open mind at this point. Yeah, the, the janitor from Scrubs has a part in it. And when I'm sitting there watching that scene with him and Harrison Ford, and I think the janitor from Scrubs looks super young compared to Harrison Ford, it's Actually, really shocking. That is a, uh, a reunion of sorts because the janitor from Scrubs was also the subway cop in The Fugitive that... Tries to call in a, a Richard Kimball sighting, and the one-armed man ends up shooting him. You want deep cuts? We'll give you deep <laughs> cuts. Wow, Matt. Now that was off the cuff too. You was. just know that shit, and that makes you a maniac. Now I was gonna say Fantastic Four until the second half of the show, in order to to gain some more ground. No, let's do that because but Matt seems to want to get right into this business. No, no, no. Um. We can we can stay on. Uh, what the hell are we talking about? Indiana Jones. 
Well, we were talking yeah. some. Let's just talk. Some Let's Harold, have a we were talking some Harold Ramis. Okay, before we segue into Fantastic Four, just one little tidbit of a rumor that I read today at the very end of the workday. Yes, I don't actually work when I'm at work. Shame on you, and, Matt. And boss, if you're listening, you know I'm just joking. So, the rumor that I read was that. Harrison Ford actually has kind of this thing in his contract for doing Star Wars. He wants to do more Indiana Jones. Like, that's kind of the way that he's been enticed to do Star Wars. Because he was never a big Han Solo fan. He felt that Han Solo should be killed off. And they weren't even sure he was going to do Return of the Jedi initially. Um, But... And he wanted, yeah, he wanted his character to actually die at the end of that movie, which they decided not to do. Which is good, because now we get to bring him back. But yeah, he wants to do, according to this rumor, two more Indiana Jones movies. You're making a face, Paul, and I kind of agree with that face you're making. If the face that you're making is saying, that might not be a good idea. That is the face that I'm making. For our you're visually great. impaired <clears throat> listeners... You're a great That would be all of you, by the way. What did you just say? I said he was a great face reader. Mm. Yeah. I scanned it with my face reader app on my phone. Now, maybe if I sat down and watched Kingdom's... Kingdom Skull. Kingdom Crystal Skull from beginning to end. Chris of the Kingdom Skull. I'd feel differently, but just the bits and pieces I saw... I'm not thinking two more Indiana Jones movies is a good idea, and... You better get those in soon, because as Harold Ramis taught us today, we never know when our time is coming. The Reaper isn't going to wait for two more Indiana Jones movies. Don't fear the Reaper. Watch the next person in Hollywood that bites. It'll be like 25 years old. Or Justin Bieber. God willing. Could be. There was, um, I guess there was an on- some something online during the Olympics. There was a big joke before that semifinal game that the loser of U.S. Canada got to keep Justin Bieber. Oh, damn it. He's staying. <laughs> and they were so bummed out that they just got blown out the next day. That no medals ser- for that you. Was, that was seriously disappointing. For those hockey fans that listen to the McSauce podcast. That's okay. We can uh, do a little... We're just having a nice free-flowing conversation here today. Nothing no. wrong with that. I was happy that Kunitz scored a goal and Sid scored a goal as well. Validated their selection as on the Canada From the beginning of the Olympics, I wanted Russia to lose every game. And then when they finally got knocked out, I just felt bad for them. I felt pity. Because some of them may get shot. That's going to hover over those. We may never see some of them again. It's going to hover over them like the plague for the rest of their lives. Like, some of those dudes might not be able to retire to Russia. Well, that's what happens when you Why put a bunch of divas to? on one team. Because that's where they're from, you know. <clears throat> yeah, but if I'm from a cesspool and I live in, like, these amazing cities in a much better more civilized country. Why but would you I want to go back to my original cesspool? Because all your cesspool family and friends are there. You have enough money that in that situation, you can be God and bring your family and friends along with you. Paul, so how, you wouldn't have to live like that. How many Russian players, reti- like stars at least, retire and go back to Russia or do most of them stay in this country? Well, I'm flattered that you'd think I'd know the answer to that. 
But I, I have no idea. I'm willing to bet so you once they retire, they stay here. Like, Ilya Kovalchuk's playing in the KHL right now, but I bet when he retires, he comes back here somewhere. I think that they go back. Mm. I don't really know. You two both are more versed in hockey than I am. The quality of life but. here is better, especially if you have all that money. It certainly exactly. is, but that money stretches further over there, I would think. And plus, you know, we're leaving out the fact that that's where they're from. They're comfortable over there. They came over here to play a sport and make money. That's that's their home life back there. That's where their families are. But when you've achieved the level of financial stability that they have in this country, the sky's the limit. You, you're royalty in this country. So you don't think that getting Balkan, you, when he retires, is going to move his parents over here? I, they, he, I think he might don't just... Don't they live here already? They might live here already. He might be a special <clears throat> case, though. I, well... I think the big superstars of the NHL will will live here. Like now, granted, like if I had the choice of living in Russia or here, I've never been to Russia. I don't know what it's like firsthand, but it seems like such an oppressive, miserable place. Then you come over here, it's all fun and games. What like, if why wouldn't you want to come over? Here? Well, what if say say this? What if you played a sport where you could go to a similar? If you could go to like Denmark and play whatever, do whatever you do that you excel at and make millions of dollars. What if <laughs> what if you could go over and podcast over in Denmark <laughs> and make millions of dollars and have the comfort that you could? Would you stay there or would you come back to us here in the states? And you know, give us a little chunk of that podcasting Denmark money. <laughs> What's Denmark like? I don't know. I just I don't Denmark's, know. It's probably horrible. No, Denmark's sweet. Denmark's Is it good? Like, yeah, Denmark's like Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah. I just picked. Uh, if I'd, you're gonna go somewhere and be treated like a god, but wouldn't you be more godlike in your home country that appreciates the sport that you excel in more so than America? Hockey is the fourth sport, you know. Here, right, but over in Russia, it is it's it is number one. But that's the thing with a lot of hockey players; they don't want they don't want that fame. Like a lot of players love playing in Nashville because they could go out and do what they wanted without being attacked by the media, without being yeah. recognized by fans. Whereas, like that's players why usually so successful in the playoffs. Players usually have a hard time in. New York and Toronto because there's just people and media up their shit all That's the time. That's where in the know? NBA it's the inverse. People want to go to the big New Yorks, the Miamis, the LAs, the Chicago's. Because the NBA is built with bigger egos than the NHL. Yeah, true. True. Can I just chime in for one second here? I'm, I'm thinking about um, some of our dearest uh, and most loyal fans, particularly the lovely Darcy Mahaffey. Oh. I don't I don't want her to tune out, so let's go ahead and get back to comic books. We will, but I bet you any money that this is a highly rated segment. I bet people like to hear some out of the box thinking. I have no idea where the fuck we we, we left off. To from. wrap up to wrap up this segment, I think it's really a, a case by case, person to person, who has family, who doesn't have family, you know. Yeah. That's that's where that's where they're gonna go. I think that we were entertaining enough that the lovely Darcy would hang in there with us in our brand of humor. You are 100% wrong about that. Really? We All are right. going to hear about this <laughs> whenever this goes live. <laughs> Sorry, now, Darcy. I say that we, was my fault. I mean, Matt and I. Where were we? Let's talk John Constantine, the 
DC. I don't even know what to, what what's it called. He's the magic guy. I was, he's kind of like the Han Solo of the magic world. Maybe an anti-hero a little bit. An anti-hero a little bit. He doesn't want to be the hero. He's not supposed to do the right thing, but he does. He's the shyster with a heart of gold. I don't think his heart is all that gold-like. To bring it back into the Olympics a little bit, it's more like a heart of bronze. Heart of bronze? Yeah. Heart of the second loser? Yeah. He did let that dude die in the first issue of Constantine. He did. Constantine has been a Vertigo title, DC's kind of offshoot, where it's not part of the Superman-Batman universe. It's part of the world where they get a lot more freedom, they can do whatever it is they want with the characters. He always had a little bit of an edge to him. His book was called Hellblazer. Then they fold him into the current DC universe, into the New 52. I never read Hellblazer, so... I... I, I, there's Hellblazer fans that are unhappy with the current direction that they've given John Constantine because now he's he's a lot more of a mainstream character. Is he just more involved in mainstream things, or has the character traits changed in a more mainstream way? You know what? I don't know enough about him. I've only read probably three trades of Hellblazer, and I don't think that's enough to really hone in on what are exactly the things that fans are upset about. I think if I think the the big things that changed between Vertigo <laughs> Hellblazer and current John Constantine are that he could he's still constantly smoking, but he could go have beers. He could get hammered in that book. Like they can't show John Constantine at the bar pounding shots, getting drunk off his ass in Justice League Dark. So I think it's stuff like that that gave him a little more of that real-world edge that made him a little more relatable to us that drink anyway that they've taken away that fans are pretty un unhappy about. But I've never liked John Constantine more than I do right now. The way Jeff Lemire has written him, not so much the way J.M. DeMatteis is currently writing him. My man uses so many words. It's so dialogue-heavy. It's been a real rough go since, since Lemire left the book. But, John Constantine has been successful, a successful enough character. He had his own movie, starring uh, Bill and Ted's own Keanu Reeves, and he's getting a TV show on NBC. And I'd like to take this moment to make a correction from last episode, when I said Gotham was going to be on NBC. It's not. Gotham's going to be on Fox. Who said that Gotham was going to be on Fox? You? You? Yeah, me. Well done, sir. I know. Well done. Yeah, you and I actually probably corrected you were, him. Said you were wrong. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I must be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, John Constantine's gonna get his own show called called Constantine on NBC. They're gonna have that big network money. Are you sure? Oh, we're sure. NBC does great things with its CG, like grim. What am I sure about? I was asking if he was sure it was going to be on NBC. Oh, oh yeah, yeah I, it is. I am sure now it's it's going to be on NBC. Okay. After getting lambasted, I made sure to pull it up this time so I don't slip and get my knuckles Maybe it'll wrapped. be on NBC Sports. Oh, great HD. Starring Pierre Maguire. I would watch that. At least, I, I would be curious enough for the first episode. <laughs> if Pierre Maguire, yes. if he was Constantine? Yeah. I would too. I would that would be awesome. I'd be into that. I mean, like that—that that is so bad of casting 
that it's just like it's like a freak show. It's like a car wreck that you can't not look at. What if they cast him, but then they were one hundred percent faithful to the Vertigo book and how he acted? That would be amazing to would see they, a fans bitch about that. Would they keep him bald and keep his lips kind of yeah. slimy looking? Yeah, yeah, slimy lips, bald, but put a cigarette in those slime ball lips, and everything else the same as the Vertigo. Would would he? Pronounce certain names with a ethnic uh, flourish to make himself sound. <laughs> does he roll his R's and stuff like that? How does he say Mario Lemieux? I thought he just said Mario Lemieux. I think I've he never... says Lemieux. Lemieux. <laughs> In... I can imagine him saying it like that. We're going with that. In Pierre Maguire's defense. For In, those ca- that In case you're listening, Pierre. For those that don't know who Pierre Maguire is, Darcy. He's a hockey analyst on Sorry. NBC Sports. He's been on any network, any sports network that carries hockey. He was a assistant coach with the Penguins when they won the Cups in 91 and 92. Who was the uh, captain during those times? Mario Lemieux. Okay. And, uh, you know, Pierre's a little guy, glasses, bald head, looks nothing like John Constantine. Uh, but Pierre's grown on me over the last last couple of years. I'm a, I'm a Pierre guy. Really? Yeah. Okay, I know this isn't the McSauce Sports Podcast or, or the Hockey Podcast. Or is it? Or is it? <laughs> we could. This could be our format change, folks. You guys see that Ray Rice stuff? Crazy. I don't even know who Ray Rice is. Really? Well, he likes to beat up women. Football guy. Yes, knocked out his girlfriend and dragged her out of an elevator. <laughs> did you see the video of that? I did. What a scumbag. I know. So, explain why you like Pierre McGuire now. I think I just think Pierre does a pretty good job between the benches. I think he's he's a good guy to have with uh, Doc Emmerich and probably Eddie Olchick in the booth. Mm-hmm. I think he's a, he's a good third guy to have. Do you prefer him more as that third guy versus a studio guy? No, I, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I don't think he's in the stu- I don't see him in the studio very often. But mm-hmm. I think I just like Pierre all around. The only thing I don't like about Pierre is when he's interviewing players on the ice during warmups. And the interview's over, and right, bef- right before he says, go have fun. What a it dick. sounds patronizing to me. Yeah. Well, like, just, remind, just to remind the players in the audience that this is a game. This is a game. We're having fun out there. I wish one of the players would accidentally butt him in his bald head with their stick That's as he was skating away. That's the only thing I don't like about Pierre McGuire. Other than that, I've made my peace with him. But I've gone the other way with Mike Emmerich. I think I, I don't want Mike Emmerich to call hockey games anymore. Why not? Explain. Because he gets too excited for little stuff. Someone ices it, and that guy comes in his pants. <laughs> for those of you not in the know, icing is a it's very not... pedestrian thing in hockey. Okay. It's not right. something to be excited about. It's not actually the process of coming in your pants. Which Mike Emmerich does. So let's get back to John Constantine... Not starring Pierre Maguire here, but but starring Matt Ryan of Criminal Minds. Not Matt Ryan of the Atlanta Falcons fame, for those of you who thought that that's who it was. Though, another show I'd tune into just to check it out. Matty Ice as Constantine. (laughs) Good. That stiff nod personality choke artist. But I digress. This Matt Ryan 
I don't remember what he was what he was on Criminal Minds. I don't remember. Was, no, not Criminal oh, Minds. Spin off Criminal Minds. Suspect. Forrest Whitaker, right? Right. Okay. I watched a few of those. I well, don't know first things about first. This dude. He, if this dude walked in here right now, I think a str- I think we were being home invaded. Well, studio we te- invaded. We technically would be if he just walked <laughs> in right now, unless he had pizza, of course. But first things first, he doesn't have blonde hair. That was a central issue with the casting of Keanu Reeves in the movie. Fans didn't like that. Constantine was originally designed in the 80s, was supposed to be reminiscent of Sting of the Police, which I don't want from my supernatural character. Yeah, I don't I don't want that from my from my supernatural character either. I, I don't think it's too hard to lighten up Matt Ryan's hair. That's not an issue for me. At all. If I can get over... Are you sure that's not an issue for you? Yeah. If I can get over Rick Grimes not being blonde in The Walking Dead... Or having straight hair. Or having straight hair. Then I can get over uh, Brunette John Constantine. I love Keanu Reeves Constantine. It's debatable whether you're over Star-Lord's hair color in the comic books and upcoming movie. I'm a little more emotionally invested in Peter Quill than I am John Constantine. That's fair. But other other than his hair color, he looks like Constantine. And he looks like a more badass version than Stingwood. Do we think this is going to be a good show? No. No way. Why? Uh, see, I don't think the answer that I'm going to have for this is going to be satisfactory. I don't have faith in the restraint that NBC should have with a property like this. I think they're going to go at it and feel like, we have the budget, let's make this look like a movie. <clears throat> you don't have the talent, it's TV, it's not going to look like the movie. With Arrow, they hold back a lot. Sure, it's street level and everything like because that. Because they're the CW. True, but that works. That restraint works. I don't think that NBC is going to do that. They're going to try to go all out. Doesn't yes. ABC do that with S.H.I.E.L.D.? But... Yeah, but here's here's what's super weird about NBC. Grimm is still on the air. People it's garbage. People love that show, man. I it's know. a highly rated show. People love Grimm. And it looks like dog shit. I don't so, fucking get it. Constantine might be very popular. Based on that logic, right? Could be. It could be. I think if if NBC treats Constantine like a procedural type show not necessarily you know like magic freak of the week but if they if they go at it like the criminal minds or elementary even though those shows aren't nbc shows like law and order that's an nbc yeah, show if, if they go at it th- that way i think they could pull it off but like the the special effects on grim are dog shit they're fucking terrible i don't know how that show is is still on, but I, I don't know who has who has the say in that. Like, who's making those creative decisions? Yeah. Is it NBC? Do they own that property? Is it the producers of Grimm pushing that? And there's really that's the only thing that we have to go on. There's no other show on NBC that I think that that's anything like that. So we only have one example of over the top special effects, makeup, things like that, and the way it's done. But, Grimm's the only example that we have on NBC. But we have seen another NBC show that highlighted special effects and heroes in 
heroes. Real quick, before we talk about heroes, Constantine is going to be a TV show, but isn't Guillermo del Toro working on a Justice League Dark kind of thing? Like an actual feature? I thought it was rumored, but is it confirmed? I, I've heard that a bunch, and I, I'm excited about I it. I thought that it was, yeah. but I don't know. That would make... I'd be excited for it. I'd, I'd want to see that. I'd want to see that over a Constantine weekly show. I'd want to see Justice League Dark. I think that would be an awesome Now, you're, show. you're on board with that property as a movie more so than a TV show because it wouldn't... It, that kind of property will require a certain budget, a certain level of effects and world building that a movie could, could more uh, adequately accommodate, correct? Correct. See, That's why something like Arrow or Gotham is going to work more in your estimation. I've been a fan of Guillermo del Toro's work across the board. But he has a problem of getting an idea for something and then then getting it out into, into you know the nerdosphere. Like, I'm doing this. I'm definitely doing this. So, like, I think that would be like Ian and I saying, Oh, that's the doorbell. Find out what they would say. Saying... Give me that pizza. We'll be back. Four sandwiches. Sauce casters from a very satisfying sub break. And what kind of sub did you have tonight? Chicken with Parmesan cheese and mm-hmm. marinara sauce. Mm. Matt, I had a cheese steak. With what? With extra mushrooms, yo. Oh. Do you like mushrooms? No, I fucking hate mushrooms. Who they- puts mushrooms on fucking cheesesteak? I don't like cheesesteaks anyway. No, not at all. Have you had? Where have That's you had? That's probably Philadelphia. Had... Oh, really? I, I yeah. can't. It was, argue it was fine. It was it was fine. It was pedestrian. Why are you looking at me? Did I use that word? No, I used that word, but then you oh, felt okay. like you threw it back to me while we were eating subs. Oh, if I did, it wasn't intentional. I missed all of this interplay between in your relationship here, <laughs> man. Was... What? You don't know the half of it. You should see what you miss on Tuesdays. <laughs> I myself have That makes the, me so mad. Have the chicken bacon ranch with mayo and jalapenos. Very satisfying. How are the jalapenos uh, working on your insides? Like a champ. But. Tomorrow morning, that butthole is going to be on alert. That's true. 
My thoughts are going to be off. Not, not red alert. Brown alert. Red alert. G2 transformer. True. He yep. was. I still lump that second season of Transformers in with the Generation 1 stuff. Yeah, I think Anything before the movie. I think they technically are G1. But they were the second season. Yeah, but whenever they introduced, like, Red Alert and Inferno and like, Warpath. Was Hook, Hook one of them? Yeah. yeah, those are... I. They're not OG yeah. Transformers. But they're close enough. Same way we got uh, Thrust and, and um, Scourge. The two of the other planes that weren't Thunder... Thunder was space. Thun- oh, we're Fuck. oh wow! Thunder, Fuck. Star Scream, Skywarp, and Thundercrack, Thundercracker, Thundercracker. Thundercracker. Oh, Holy shit. What the fuck is wrong with us? Fuck. Scourge, Scourge was one was of the movie Scourge? figures. Yeah, he was one of it was Scourge in the sweeps, right? Right. But Who this were was, it was Thrust. Uh, Thrust was the burgundy one. I yeah, I had the more. burgundy one. There was a there was a navy blue with orange wings. Yeah, and there was white with black. I don't remember those. What their I don't names know their were. names either. But that's neither. That's for the Transformers podcast. Now I know how Darcy's going to feel the first segment. I don't of this understand podcast. why you don't like Transformers. They're like space. I they're didn't grow up with them. It was never my thing. I hope you know why because I couldn't transform them, and that translated to me not being into the show. I hope there are listeners out there screaming the names of these planes from Transformers, particularly in the area. Of Watertown, New York, perhaps, that know the names of these 80s properties. You pricks don't know your seekers from your asshole. They can let us know in the review that they write for us this week. Thanks, guys. They could. But stepping back to where we left off, and Guillermo del Toro's uh, pretty ambitious Justice League Dark project, what I was saying was Guillermo del Toro has a way of getting excited about a product project and really jumping the gun on it. And that would be like Ian and I saying... Oh, yeah, we're definitely making a Millennium Falcon movie. When really, we've just talked about it and thought it would be fun. We talked about it passionately we for did. about two weeks. And I feel like that's what Guillermo del Toro does. So I have no faith that we're going to see a Justice League Dark movie, t- either tying it or not with the John Constantine show. God damn, now you got me thinking about Millennium Falcon again. It was going to be good, kid. It was going to be good. I think the difference, though, is that Guillermo... How do you say his name? Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo. Guillermo. Guillermo del Toro. He has an L in his first name, though, doesn't he? He has two L's in his first name. That's what throws me off, because they're silent, both of them. Not just one. Well, technically, you should trill them. You should what? Trill them. But I can't Guillermo. do it. Guillermo. Yes. <laughs> Wait, how do you do it, Paul? I can't do it. Well, just Guillermo. give it a shot. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and do it. I did it. You can do it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it doesn't even come yeah, yeah. It just came out as hot air. It, it sounds it it sounds it sounds more Jewish than anything. Yeah, like hot spot. Yeah, Hermo. Yeah, Hermo. Yeah, Oh, that wasn't too bad. Thank you. So, I would think that you'd be able to roll your R's. I I disappoint myself all the time. So that's one bit of DC television casting. The other was. Jada Pinkett Smith being cast as mob boss Fish Mooney on Fox's Gotham. How do we feel about that? I don't know anything about Fish Mooney. Is Fish it... Mooney used to be around back in the 40s. She was like a big... It was a guy back in the 40s. Was it really? It would have been, yeah. 
Fish Mooney is a brand new character okay. for Gotham, but doesn't Fish Mooney sound like a really obscure Batman character from the 40s, but he would have been a big fat white guy? He would have been what Penguin looked up to and was like, ah, I want to get big and fat. To be the boss, you got to be big and fat. And, so here's you know, to aquatic. Here's Gotham. Yeah. Making it multicultural, making her, making the character a woman hey, I just and a black woman. Ah, yes. Diversity, folks. I want to be clear on what Gotham is. Is Commissioner Gordon the main character on that show? Yes. Okay. Well, that's good to know because I didn't exactly know what it was. I Last thought, week? Well, I don't know if we've established that. And frankly, I haven't read a whole lot. So I'm trying to get my Gotham news here on the Mixos Comic Book Podcast. And I like that they're just basically making it a cop show with some cool Batman villains. I was worried that they were going to shoehorn Bruce Wayne into it in a completely non-meaningful way. But it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. They're going to let it be a cop show with some fucking cool villains. Yeah, and from all the speculation that I've read, the... The death of the Waynes is going to be the main arc for the first season. So, Bruce will be in it, but I think we're really going to focus on Ben McKenzie's Jim Gordon. Lieutenant Gordon? Is he lieutenant in this? Is he a beat um, cop? He might. I I have no idea. I would. Ex- they said um, Bullock, Detective Harvey Bullock, is going to be his, his kind of mentor. So, I would assume... Uh, he just makes detective when the show starts. Okay. So they're kind of doing their own thing with the continuity by making Bullock kind of Gordon's superior. Right. Okay. That's okay. I think some of that flexibility with those characters, it doesn't change the entire, you know, mythos of Batman by doing little... Small changes. This isn't like the Batman that. show, though. This is the Gotham show. So I know. If your focus is on the 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 Gotham PD characters, do you feel maybe they should be a little more faithful to them? I think it's fine. You have to make some small tweaks. Why do you have to? Um, to give Jim. I think that if you're going to base Jim Gordon in a youthful character, you should logically have a more senior character. For him to get guidance and advice from. It just, as, as, as a story, it makes sense to do that. Why should that be Bullock? Uh, it, it doesn't have to be, but isn't it... Why it, couldn't it be Renee Montoya? I mean, I, I guess it could be. But it makes sense yeah. um, to just to have that character. It, it could be Renee Montoya in the... It, that would even be better because Renee Montoya is a female, ethnic, lesbian character... Fit right into this diversity that we're all trying to strive for. So that's a great that's a great uh, suggestion, Paul. I'll, I'll tell you who I would prefer in that role. As soon as I would I would prefer it to be Jim Corrigan, the guy who eventually dies in the in the Golden Age and becomes the first Spectre. Yeah, because I'm, I would like to see Ben McKenzie. <laughs> I have no idea who. You're I'd like about. to see Ben McKenzie as Jim Gordon come onto the force and be brought up by an older, corrupt cop, and the this corrupt Jim Corrigan tries to get tries to get Gordon to 
you know, this is just the way Gotham is. We're all, you know, we all, you know, take bribes and do whatever to see, like, Gordon fight against that. Yeah. Maybe the rest of the, maybe the rest of the force has that and, you know, I don't know. I think that the reaction that I just had, the who, is probably why they stayed away from that. Yeah. But fans, fans know. You know you like those Easter eggs on Arrow. Yeah. Yeah, but here's the thing. I think we don't look is enough of an Easter egg. Maybe maybe your casual Batman fan doesn't know who Jim Corrigan is, but they do know who Bullock is. But is this really Bullock that we're getting? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean we don't know yet. They have never, changed it. He was never a mentor figure figure to Jim Gordon. We don't know who Jim Gordon's mentor was, really, do we? No. But we know it can't have been. Usually in all Bullock. the year one or early stories, he never he never has one. Because even in Frank Miller's year one, he comes in and everyone's corrupt. Yeah, it's kind of like he taught himself He's the everything. only one. In um, zero year, it feels like that as well. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because Bullock comes in sort of under Gordon. How would Jim Gordon have been if he had the same training that Bruce Wayne had in the same resources that Bruce Wayne had. Could he have been as good as Batman? No. I don't think so. Because Jim Gordon has some... Jim Gordon has some character flaws. I don't think he has the... He doesn't have the solitary drive to go at one goal. And Jim Gordon likes to sleep around. Hey, hey! Ladies, man. (laughs) And as we know, Bruce Wayne... Has no interest in he pretends to, company. S- to sleep around. My <laughs> personal Bruce Wayne gets busy like the Dickens. But when how does the Dickens get busy? You know how the Dickens gets busy. But every fucking Batman story, it's like fucking celibate city with that dude. I'm like, come on. Well, because so, you, you mentioned that Jim Gordon has character flaws. Bruce Wayne has one big major character flaw is that he's obsessed he's, with he's a fucking being psychopath. Batman. Yeah. Right, but that that character flaw enhances his ability to be Batman. Like that yeah. pushes him in that drive to be that character. What kind of character I I think that Jim Gordon has more like positive traits that lean him away from being Batman. His his love of his family, his love for the law. Doing things by the book. I thought you said legit. his his love for the love for the log. It's <laughs> weird. For ladies, he's laying the log down. Oh, yeah. did you read any of the Batman stuff from the New Fifty Two? I've been reading the regular Batman title from the beginning. Does he get? Does he have any girlfriends in that? Nope. Well, he certainly didn't. Detective, Catwoman. Yeah, I know he fucks Catwoman at some point early in the new 52. Yeah, he had a couple girlfriends in Detective in the initial issues. So, But don't they always feel like a beard? Like, doesn't it always feel like he's just doing it? Yeah, just, like, uh, throughout Batman history, there's always been Selena Kyle and Talia al Ghul. Like, those have been the on-and-off romances. Who is that? The St. Cloud? Who is that chick? Silver St. Cloud. Silver St. Cloud. She was there, too. Silver-age chick that Kevin Smith brought back. But she's never really been canon. Okay. like, Kevin Smith brought her back, but his whole Widening Gyre cacophony stories, they're kind of, like, outside. Like, I don't think anyone really commits those to canon. Yeah. But, like, I like... 
I like some romance in my story. I like some, I like some romantic hardships. I like Hal Jordan and Carol Ferris, and like they never really give that to Bruce. Like, every like you'll see Selena and Talia, you know, in and out of the picture, but it's it's never really enough. Bruce is always so so driven, so you know, just one focus on being Batman and you know doing this stuff. He doesn't have time to swerve. What an unbearable dick Bruce Wayne must be to be around. I feel bad for all the assorted Robins that have had to share the Batmobile. Right, but now it's going to be Batman and a whole cast of chicks when Zero Year's over. So I don't know how he's not tapping some of that. Well, Harper Rowe's not interested at all. But Cullen Rowe is. Harper Rowe's gay brother. I'd like to see DC try that one on for size. It's a new world. It really is. It's a new world. What do you mean by that? That Batman's Bruce, they're going to make Bruce buy to appease everybody. Yes. That never happens. Appeasing everybody? Yeah. Sure it does. Well, give me an example. Give me a specific example that may or may not have happened. It does. It doesn't exist. Of appeasing everyone? Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. There you go. Chris Hemsworth is Thor. Well, I don't think anybody had an opinion initially like nobody knew who he was whenever he no was one poo pooed that it was just a, it was like an indifferent kind of thing it wasn't like to Chris Hemsworth like yes I, I think he wore indifferent let's, now let's stay on did you poo poo it a little bit because because, of course you did well, the I guy know. looks just like Thor in the <laughs> no no I know what I know what Matt's gonna say say it I wanted him to be Captain America oh wait that wasn't what I thought you were gonna say I thought you were gonna say beardless Mm. The first time I ever saw him, it was in the J.J. Abrams reboot of Star Trek. And he was clean cut with his side parted blonde hair. And I thought, I just found Captain America. Yeah, he looked like a great Captain America. But then when they cast him for Thor, I was like, oh yeah, that's great too. Yeah, yeah, it could have worked either way. So, Jada Pinkett Smith. Better actress than her god-awful son that just gets roles because his dad is famous. Not quite as good as his dad. Fuck no. That's who I want to see. Yeah. I want to see that guy do more stuff. Will Smith. Oh, the Fresh Prince. I I wasn't sure. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air for those playing at home. Cast him in any comic book movie role, and I will be 100% on board. Like Batman? Like Like Hancock? Hancock? On board. Remember the rumors that way back in the day that they were going to cast him as Robin in the Schumacher joints? That, that, <laughs> that might have made those funny. It would have been just as unbelievable as Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> so I, I think Gotham, before we move on, I think Gotham's shaping up to, to look pretty good. Um, it's see, I just have a bad feeling about NBC's Constantine. I don't think it's going to be good. Something about the production of it... I, I don't know. It's more just a general bad feeling. Yeah. Real quick, do you guys remember some of those fucked up rumors about the Batman sequel? Who was going to play what? So the rumor at the time, because you brought up... Um, yeah, I know. Uh, but like, what what were the rumors? Uh, I don't the rumor remember at them. the time before the Drew Schumacher one, this would just be the sequel to the 1989 Batman. You were going to have Michael Jackson was going to be Robin. Oh my God. I don't remember this, but how you, horrible. You were going to have Cher as Catwoman. Mm. Um, Robin Williams was going to be the Riddler. 
I remember that. I mean, um, he could have played the Riddler that Jim Carrey played. Which was the Joker. The Joker. Yeah. No, Two-Face was the Joker. Two-Face was Jack Nicholson playing the Joker. But Jim Carrey played the Joker. Like, the Joker should have been played by Jack Nicholson. Yeah, I'll give you that. I think he would have done a good job. Robin Williams? No. Jim Carrey is the Joker. Yeah. Because we saw it. We know what it would be like. Mm -hmm. Robin Williams would have been okay. He's got a lot of range. He really does. One hour photo. One hour photo's fucked up. What a good movie. Kind of a shitty ending though, wasn't it? I haven't seen it in a long time. Agent Coulson is in that movie. I think he also might have co-wrote that thing or something too. Really? I think so. But he's in it, definitely. Clark Gregg was the only good part about New Adventures of Old Christine. Never saw it. You don't I know what you're talking about, but you I never saw it. it. So there's been some other casting. Maybe some more major casting, since it's a major motion picture. Matt, are you familiar with a superhero team? Maybe the first family called the Fantastic Four? Actually, I think in the comic book Astro City, there's a family of four called the first family I want to say maybe I'm wrong for you Astro City fans that are telling yelling at your at your computer right now about how stupid I am if we have any Astro City fans please tweet me I want to know that you're alive out there yeah please because I'm pretty sure it's just Matt <clears throat> watch us get some deluge of Astro City response you assholes <laughs> the Fantastic Four yeah, so they cast the Fantastic Four uh, this past week to some. Ire? I would say, I would say predominantly negative reactions. I haven't heard anything negative about this casting. Are you serious? Aside from you, yeah, all the stuff I've seen online about it is pretty positive because really the only thing that's being talked about is casting a black guy to play Johnny Storm who's always white like I haven't seen anything else about the other three castings how do we here at the McSauce comic book podcast feel about this casting Paul about a particular casting or the four as a whole individually Individually, I think I think everyone is really well done except the black guy. <laughs> Does he have a name or is he just a black guy? It's it's Michael B. Jordan, and I'm a fan of Michael B. Jordan. Seen him in a handful of stuff, and he's a he's a great actor. And I think he's going to be good in this role. But podcasts ago. You know, we were talking about some kind of casting, and Matt was upset with some movie because he said he wants to see what he's been reading in the books translated to the screen. And more and more lately, I think, uh, movie creators have been taking liberties with stuff like that. And I understand you have to. It's a different world now than it was in, you know, the 40s when Batman was created, or even... The 60s when Fantastic Four was created. Um, but I'd still like to see the Johnny Storm that I've been reading since I got into comic books represented on the screen like he is in the books I've been reading all this time. 
It doesn't make sense if these two characters, Sue Storm and Johnny Storm, they're supposed to be related. One of them's white, one of them's black. I guess they're going to do an adopted thing or something like that. Um, it doesn't make sense to me. I well, think... they, can, they can tan her up and maybe they have mixed parents. <laughs> Haven't you ever seen white chicks? work like that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, I think that's the only problem I really have is that if they were going to do it, Make Sue Storm black too, or make them both white. And they can they can grow up. They can grow up with a, you know a white sister and a black brother, and still have that familial bond. But like something about those two characters throughout the history of the Fantastic I'm Four. Sorry, that was just so redundant on your part. A white sister and a black brother. Oh, because I said black brother. <laughs> yeah. Brother, brother, a brother. Yeah, like, there, there's something that I think is going to be missing out of that direct familial bond between the two of them. They might do some pretty extensive flashbacks. The only way they can do it is the adoption route. And they are going to have to really build that foundation for me to get past it, I think. I don't think they're going to address it. Not at all. They're just going to go, but... I Here we are. Gonna, I think they're going to give you... I think that would be a mistake if they don't. I think they're going to give you a line of dialogue early on. It's going to be a throwaway line just to address it, and then it's going to be done. I disagree. I think it's adding a layer of complexity that is so incredibly unneeded that they will address, and they'll spend significant time explaining it. It's if annoying. It, if they're going to put it in there, I think that they should address it. I don't think that they should have added said layer of complexity. What about the rest of the casting? Ian, how do you feel about it? Don't really know anybody except Kate Mara. Um, I know her from American Horror Story. guess she's on House of Cards as well. Just watched her in a movie called Ten Years. Seems like a fine actress. I think she's going to be great. Everything I've seen her in, she's been fine in. I don't think the character of Sue Storm in the books is ever really so well defined that you can go wrong with that casting unless you pick a very Latino actress and try to make her white as hell. That's the only way that character goes wrong. Yeah. But as far as who she is as a person, I think you can get any any waspy actress to play that role. And if they're competent actresses... I think they'll do a good job. I think Julia Stiles could have done this in the late 90s. Do we know anything about the other two casting choices? I don't know anything about these guys I just saw, other than their headshots. I just saw Miles Teller in That Awkward Moment, starring personal favorite of mine, you Zac Efron. You saw that movie? And... The theaters instead of seeing Robocop. And the Fantastic Four, Michael B. Jordan. Wait, wait, wait. You went to the movie theater to see that movie? Yes, I said this last week on the podcast. I must have blocked it out. Yes. It was good. It was solid. Interesting. Hmm? It wasn't bad. The trailers looked like shit. This movie looked so bad. But the it, this, the trailers really did this movie a disservice because it was really a lot better than than the trailers let on. It's your standard you know, romantic comedy. No, that's not going <clears> to <throat> blow the doors off any award seasons or anything, but it was <clears> solid. <throat> Now, there's also a rumor with the Fantastic Four reboot 
that Doctor Doom will be a female character. How do we feel about that one? That has since been um, debunked by Josh Trask, the director himself. Oh, okay. Well then, I forget what the the uh, he addressed it on on Twitter, I think, and it was said something like that's fucking ridiculous <laughs> like he Unquote. really laid it out there like that's that's insane that's absolutely not happening um i would be pissed if dr doom was a chick because it's just so it's that's just blatantly hey we're just fucking we're just fucking around with shit now dr doom's whole stick he's 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 a pretty menacing darth vader like character and it's going to be hard to do that with a female character. It just would be. So you take away a lot of the rec- the, the things that are recognizable about Doctor Doom by making it a you know slender female. Right. Uh, I think Miles Teller is going to be good as as uh, Mister Fantastic. I think he'll be able to pull off that nerdy dorkiness, the science guy. Matt's unhappy because he's not going to have the gray streaks in his hair. Because he's going to be about, it's I guess, one reason. 27 in this movie. It's the one reason. I've but seen, he, I've seen graying 27-year-olds. No reason why they I can't see Steve Martin was gray at 21. I can't even look at this guy and think, yeah, that's the smartest guy in the Marvel Universe. That guy's smarter than than Mark Ruffalo as, as Bruce Banner. Or smarter than Tony Stark as... Um, or the hell, or Iron Man? Yeah, Iron Man. But just to just to look at Robert Downey Jr., would you think with the glasses and the sculpted facial hair, would you go, that guy's a genius? That guy has to be the smartest guy out there. No, but I feel like he has. The... So maybe you should let Miles Teller's acting convince you of that, like Robert Downey Jr.'s did. No, but I feel like Robert Downey Jr. has the charisma. Has kind of the the presence to convince you that he is that smart. You know, maybe you in say, a snapshot, you don't feel that would way. Would you say Bill Gates has presence and charisma, or Stephen Hawking has presence and charisma? I would say so. I've heard him talk. Me too. How <laughs> rude. Um, Stephen Hawking. He's a special case. Seems like the smartest person in the world. This kid just looks like kind of the ugly one from that last movie that you just saw. That's a true statement. He was the ugly one. I just don't buy it. And if if I hadn't seen him in something, I don't think I'd buy it either. Because if you just Google image him, he looks like a fucking douchebag. But having seen him in this movie... Like I, I think he's gonna do it. I think he's gonna do a really good job. I'm really happy. I'm, I'm happy with all the casting. I don't know about the third guy. The Jamie guy that's Bell. Playing, is that Jamie Bell? The guy no, that's playing is, the thing. Yeah, but this is an unfortunate picture of the smartest man in the there he universe. Is. Yeah, he looks. You said 27. He looks 23. He looks completely unconvincing. I, I, I don't even look at him as an adult. Jamie Bell, the actor that's going to play the thing, I'm sure they're going to throw some uh, bulk on him. But he's a pretty slender dude to but, play a bulky... And to Matt's point, they're not going to be adults. I mean, they may, they should just call this movie Ultimate Fantastic Four. Because 
Mark Millar is executive producer on it. He wrote those first handful of trades of Ultimate Fantastic yeah. Four. That's what we're going to be seeing. Mm-hmm. And these are the this is the right age group to play a bunch of you know like 22, 23-year-old wonderkins. Do you think that they're going to put any kind of Easter eggs in this film to tie together the Fantastic Four and X-Men universe that's both owned by Fox Studios? Do you have these questions prepared? Do I? Yeah. That sounded that sounded like pure setup. That didn't sound like natural conversation. <clears throat> it was a thought uh, something that I had thought up as prepared as the questions you have. I don't I don't think they're going to. I think that's a that's a dream Fox would like to put together, but I don't think they're there. It can be something real small. It could be anything. I think if I would imagine if Fox was gonna do something like that, it would be the first step in grander plans. I don't think they're capable of having grander plans ready yet. So I just don't think they're gonna bother with it's not even a not even a throwaway line about Charles Xavier. That's all it has to do to get nerds hard ons throbbing. I don't think so. No. No. Uh probably not. I think they're gonna throw something in there. Yeah. Yeah, I do. There's only been very <clears throat> very limited references to other comic book franchises. Uh, you know, in, in the past, like in Batman Forever, you had a, a Metropolis reference. I think you might have had some kind of Superman or Metropolis reference in one of the Nolan Batmans. Maybe I'm wrong. Am I wrong? Yeah. There. There's no Metropolis mention whatsoever. Um, so, I don't think there really was anything in any of the, the Marvel movies up until, obviously... But this is the world that we're talking about, the world that exists where movies interconnect and build on each other, and the success that the Avengers franchise has had, I think Fox would be not really doing themselves service by not throwing something in it. If it's anything, I think it'll be a mention of something, and it will be a throwaway mention. But I don't even think we'll get that. Uh, enough to get fans like, really in. I don't think it's going to be a full-out you know, Marvel Studios-style end trailer, Nick Nick Fury walking on the set. I don't think it's going to be anything like that. I, don't I think, think you're going to see something. Marvel or Fox has no interest right now of doing anything outside of what they're doing with X-Men right now. So they're doing the um, Days of Future Past. It seems like they want to touch on all these classic X-Men stories. And they want to do it while these actors are still relatively young enough to do it pulling the Fantastic Four in a property that who the hell knows how it's going to go this thing could fall flat on its face (laughs) okay actually this thing will fall flat on its face wow Wow. you heard it here first bold prediction why do you think that it will fall flat on its face because every one of the main characters was grossly miscast Every one of them. I think that is a ridiculous statement. I think Almost it's... as ridiculous as Thor rates a nine. Are we? Is will there ever come a day when my enthusiasm <laughs> is not the high mark of <laughs> silliness <laughs> and, and stupidity on this show? And if we have the good fortune of recording episode two hundred, Thor is a nine is going to be the benchmark for silliness. <laughs> It'll be the name of episode 200. 
Thor 2. But grossly miscast. Yes. Grossly. Kate Mara. You can't say the thing has been grossly miscast because we don't know what he's going to be like. Okay, Ben Grimm. That is not Ben Grimm. That kid, He looks like a fucking pencil. But if he's CG Hulk the whole movie like he should be... Ben then, Grimm then is cares, a big guy. what he looks like. Ben, that, because that's not Ben Grimm. Ben Matt Grimm does have a, a point. Man. Ben Grimm is a big dude that then got turned into stone. He was already physically imposed. None of these characters look the way they're supposed to. What's the what's the actress's name again? Kate Mara. That's the closest one. Even I think Kate Mara and Miles Teller are right on. I think those are the two best castings of these four. I also think Michael B. Jordan is really good, but he's black. Agreed, but. N- to me, none of these characters look right. The girl, more than anyone else, but even she isn't exactly what I would want. I've seen her in American Horror Story. She's okay. You know, she didn't like light my world on fire. She just was an actress that I recognized. Does the character Sue Storm light your world on fire? Because in my Fantastic Four history, be it 616 or Ultimate Universe... She's like the most boring character I've um, ever read. I, Tell I, that to Namor. Yeah, have some Namor. I would not say that she's boring. I, I think that... I'm sorry, I already forget the actress's name. Kate, Kate Mara. Kate Mara. Mara is it Mara or Mara? Kate Mara. Mara. Kate Mara, to me, does not have like a nurturing, maternal kind of feeling like the Sue Storm that I know from the comic books. There is, like, a calming presence that this character has that is completely vacant from such a young actress. And the only thing I've seen her in is American Horror Story, and she's a fucking psycho in that. But, and I'm sure that she won't be that in this, but... She is 30, though, I mean, Is she really 30? Yeah, I mean, she's not that young. She she looks, she looks 18. And... Which is why I like her. (laughs) (laughs) And if... To me, and if that is the best casting out of these announcements, um, then I think this movie has serious fucking problems. If every one of the main characters you're just like, ugh. Like, that's the reaction. I'm going to jump right to it. Polynomics. Excitement, zero. Expectations, one. This... Beat what I said already. This could be a flaming dog shit movie. <laughs> what he just said is way crazier and than will, Thor gets a nine. And I will also say this: I am not going to see this fucking. We're going to drag shit. your ass to see this. I'm not By the way, we need to do Mixos Field Trip to Winter Soldier. That is what we need to go and do. Yeah, any any big movies like that, we'll do Mixos Field Trip for. You're I, not going to go see this. Well, don't you worry. haven't seen there there. There's a lot of time to have the to have the polynomics two point trailer swing. That's where I was going. Now, <laughs> <laughs> well, granted, that may drop to excitement negative two. The we have we ever had the reverse effect happen to us recently? I haven't. Were you? you I haven't either. Brought down. Brought down by the trailer. Yes. I haven't recently. Yes. Maybe, yes. Which we will probably be talking about later on this podcast. Okay. Oh. But, oh. but there is... Let's get to it. <laughs> there is a lot of time. We don't see any production stills. We don't have a trailer. We don't have a casting of a villain. We don't you know, know who the villain is. You know what? 
we don't, we don't need any of that shit. We don't have to give them their, their Fantastic Four costumes. We'll just give them a pair of jeans and a fucking tank top. Because, hey, that's what we want to do. It doesn't have to look like Paul. Oh, would love that. You, you would love that just shit. Just because that's my preferred Superboy outfit. I wasn't even saying that because of that. They could wear a fucking uh, leotard. If they, well, I guess they That's what they wear. Do. All we know about this Fantastic Four movie is the casting. We don't know the tone. We don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know what this the could be a really serious movie. This we could be yeah, a laugh riot. If, if what's his face is going to be all CGI, or if he's going to have a god awful suit like Michael Chiklis did, he'll be CGI. I I guarantee you he'll be CGI. I think I don't think you have enough information yet. To, to give it, it a zero, a zero, well, was, a, a double goose. Did you, you said expectation zero and excitement zero? Excitement zero, expectations one. Uh, the goose one. The O one. The, the general Lee. <laughs> That's the car it, on Dukes of Hazard. It might, yeah, I know. It might have good special effects. Maybe you don't have that. So one. This movie. They they couldn't be off to a worse start by by casting people that just the look of their face makes me kind of annoyed. I think you are being so unreasonable about this casting. I think you're being unreasonable for thinking that I'm being unreasonable. Do I have to open a Fantastic Four comic book for you and then show you pictures of these fucking because people? Besides Michael B. Jordan, they look just like Ultimate Fantastic Four. Except Miles Teller probably isn't as skinny okay, so, as Reed Richards. But I hardly think that's a deal. So that dude that they got to be the thing looks just like Ben Grimm in Ultimate Fantastic Four? No, he doesn't, but I okay, think so I've just said enough. What you have just said is that three out of the four do not look like their their acting counterparts. But then that's not a deal breaker. Maybe for the first half hour we're gonna see the kid playing Ben Grimm. Like that. And then he's going to be CGI the thing the whole movie, so that doesn't count. Miles Teller, Teller and Kate Mara, they're great. And as far as... The, I don't agree. If, as far as the character of Johnny Storm goes, Michael B. Jordan's going to kill it. Except he's black. I would. Pro- I think there's not enough out there for me to give it a, a, such a low rating and as, that, as and a that's zero. And that's I'm having such a hard time with your ire toward this, is because I I don't think we've seen enough for you to. It's be hard to get a grasp this, on like, it, even with line zeros and ones. Okay, okay. Let me let me give you a little add some ammunition to my to my case here. This is the same studio that gave us the Fantastic Four one, which wasn't real good. Same studio that gave us X Men and X Two, which were fantastic. And X Three. And X-Men Origins Wolverine. And X and the Wolverine, Wolverine. The Wolverine, which was okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. This studio has had more crappy comic book movies. The first two Fantastic movies aren't bad. They're just not good. They're, they're so incredibly white bread middle of the road. But they get worse on each viewing. They, they become more and more unwatchable based on... Because our standards are going up. It, at a time, we... I mean, probably when we came away after the first Fantastic Four, we were like, that was really good. That was super cool. Good effects and everything. I don't think I ever said that the Fantastic Four was good. I never really liked it all that much. Yeah, okay, but, but that's what I'm, that's some what of I'm saying. But, like, but, but also... But you didn't leave those movies saying that was the worst piece of shit I've ever seen. 
No, I didn't. But also, we're not we're not factoring in the director. None of us really know much about this dude. He did Chronicle, but Chronicle other than was, that, Chronicle was really good. Other than Chronicle that, we don't really good. know much about. It's so much unknown and unexplored territory. It's hard for us to give. Uh, this is going to be a shit movie, or it's going to be a great movie, or even it's going to be a good movie. Here's what we do know. We know that the cast was miscast. You know the cast was miscast. I, I do, and I wish you would understand right. it too. You you hate the cast. I think it's good. I'm indifferent. <laughs> and there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Ian's last time on the McSauce Podcast. <laughs> Matt, I think you're also going into this with Stanley, Jack Kirby, Marvel 616, Fantastic Four. In Not true. Start thinking about it like Ultimate Fantastic Four, and this casting makes perfect sense. Can I be indifferent? It doesn't make perfect sense because... You can be indifferent if you want to be a pussy. No, I mean, I, I, I'm definitely not on Matt's side. I'm just... I think it's okay. Listen, it's fine. It doesn't makes sense because this is not the ultimate Fantastic Four. Age range, maybe, but they still don't look right. They still don't look like their comic book counterparts. In Polynomics, Fantastic Four. Uh, a uh, four on excitement. This is based on IMDB pictures that I've been scrolling through. That's it. Four on excitement, or... And expectations, I'll give it a five. I'll give it a five. On what we have right here, on what I know of the Fantastic Four, and what we have here, what I know of the director, very little to go on. Too early to really call, I think. I don't want to get all excited or upset. Middle of the road, zen. We don't know a whole lot about this director. I think the only thing the three of us know about him was that he directed Chronicle. Have we all seen Chronicle? Yes, no, I have. I haven't. It's a found, big fan. I saw a big fan. It's it's a found footage movie, and I don't feel like that is in any way any kind of decent representation of what we will get. So I'm not going to say this director is going to suck balls. What if it is a found great. footage movie? What if they go out of the box and do that? Probably not a good idea. That would be a terrible idea. Although they did do that with um, Cloverfield, which was just a monster movie, and that ended up being pretty cool. So earlier, you mentioned that you have seen a trailer recently <clears throat> that did bring down your expectations of a, of a film. One second. I'm also going four and five. For a fantastic. Oh yeah, I'm oh, sorry. Okay. Four and five. It's too early. It's too early to call. There's nothing out there. I agree. There's nothing out there aside from the casting. But I'm basing. You it can be on upset, but zero there. and one is, I think, entirely too harsh for what we have here. It's not that bad. All he is a passionate man, Ian. All we have, and I love passion, but I'm giving be you reasonable. I'm giving you all the passion you can handle, buddy. <laughs> Listen. All we have to go on is the casting. Is this all I can handle? What kind of a pussy am I? Well, you did, like, call off the podcast a couple weeks I ago because you had a hang shingles! <laughs> so, but go ahead. Okay, so all we have is the casting. Yeah, we know who the director is. We don't even know who the villain is. Chances are it'll be Doctor Doom because these Hollywood Could be Annihilus. That would be... It could be Galactus. It's gonna be Doctor Doom. You think so? 
Yeah. How about Mole Man? What if they Mole Man? It could mole be Mole Man. Man. Would be cool. If I think I think save Doctor Doom for the second one. Do an island. Sadly, sadly, I think the casting was so bad that that has completely... And this is what I know so far. I hate the casting. Mm-hmm. I couldn't hate the casting more. I, um, I think you could. Yeah, I probably could. If, like, Ricky Gervais was Sue Storm, I think you would hate <laughs> the casting. So let's mm. calm that down just a little bit and say you don't like it very much. Within reason. I'm not, You're not being reasonable I'm now, not, though. We don't I, know. I'm being completely reasonable. Now, here's the thing. The best Fantastic Four movie we ever got will not be topped. Right? What was uh, the best Fantastic Four I, movie I would say ever? that there's a good chance that this will be the best one. I, I can probably guarantee this will be the best one. Because the best one we have previously is the first one with Yoan Gruffat as Reed Richards. Because I'm not playing Matt's game deep and saying cut. that deep cut 80s Artie Cornish crap or whatever that guy's name is. Artie no. Corwin? No, Anthony Corwin? I don't know. I've seen it. That one's dog shit. I, and that's where you're going, by the way. No, it's not, actually. And besides, that was the 90s. It wasn't the 80s. Where I am going is The Incredibles is the best Fantastic Four movie ever made. And this will not be as good as The Incredibles. That do, you want, do you want it? I don't want this to be... This has to be a totally different movie than The Incredibles. It will be. It will be. It, it will have a more realistic kind of nature to it. It, it probably won't be so interdimensional and otherworldly. It probably won't be a kid's movie. The Incredibles was... It probably won't be. ...a great movie, though. I cried in the theater to The Incredibles. What? I was... I had. I hurt my back, and I was on steroids. What, the, what part did you cry at? It was towards the end, man. Yeah, I called you out for being a pussy because you didn't come to the last podcast. I'm open and honest. But I didn't know about this. I could have used that for... I I did, but I am going to blame it on the medication that I was on. (laughs) But I did, man. I got all choked up. I forget what it it was. I wish I could like the new Fantastic Four movie, but... You will. Don't worry. Just whenever they get out any other facts about it, you might like it. It It can only go up. That's true. And we like we, to look at the upside. Here we haven't Mixos seen, we Studios. have not seen the negative side of the polynomial scale here on the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. But I'm pretty sure there is a negative side to this scale, and this movie might reveal that. I think you're going to take it to the negative side just to take it to the negative side. No, I'm I not. think we're going to leave that movie. I can, re- I, I can redeem that right here for how much go back in the archives, listen to his railing on Robocop, and then he flipped it around once he actually saw the movie. So. Matt I is capable of having an open mind. Right now, he's being a total douchebag. No. <laughs> he's capable Look, of it. When we came in and we talked about Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor, we all hated that. Right. And then I saw that picture and I was like, I immediately said, I don't know, guys. I feel like we might have to eat our words here yeah. because he looks really good if they do a few things, you know, cosmetically to his face and everything. Granted, his whole acting style needs to change, but all of a sudden, I was a little bit of a believer. You're more against this fantastic forecasting than Jesse Eisenberg? Yes. Whoa. Yes. Okay. So, this being said about the Fantastic Four, I'm not really emotionally invested in the Fantastic Four. Me either. 
So they probably could make Ricky Gervais Sue Storm, and I'd be like, "Well, that's interesting, hilarious." But I am, I am more mad about the seeming castration of the Nova Corps in the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer than I am any of the Fantastic Four casting. Matt, did you enjoy the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer? Because yes. Last week. I think you procl- you proclaimed that it would be the movie that broke the world because it would be the greatest movie of <laughs> eternity. Yeah, I I did say that. Maybe I overstated, much like I'm overstating how bad this Fantastic Four casting is. Much like I at one point overstated my love of Thor the Dark World. You didn't overstate. Let's, you meant that. And you let's. mean this too. There's no overstating here. This is an honest space. Did I overstate it last week when I said that Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be the greatest thing ever put to no, film? because last week you meant it. Okay. You were behind those comments. So, now that the, tra- the full trailer's been released, we've gotten to see actually what this movie's going to be about. Did your polynomics get a two-point swing in any direction? I would not say a two-point swing, but I would say a one-point swing. Was it positive or negative? So now Matt? it's like a ten and ten and a ten instead of an eleven and eleven. <laughs> I think I gave it an eight and an eight. I'm gonna give it a seven. Oh, and a seven. Oh, oh. the one point swing downgraded. Mm-hmm. Now going in, we didn't know what to expect. We thought it might be a pretty serious. Different space adventure, Star Wars of the Marvel Universe. Now that we've seen the trailer, Matt, why did you downgrade it to, you know, one point each? Because it's less Star Wars of the Marvel Universe and more space balls of the Marvel Universe. An equally fine film. <laughs> I realize your name isn't Matt, and I was going to answer that, but that was a really good answer. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm going to give that to you. You are right. <laughs> I will say this. <clears throat> Do you have anything to add to your answer, Matt? <laughs> yeah, to add to my answer, the only reason why I only docked it one point in each of its respective categories is because I suspect that the bulk of that trailer might have been the bulk of the comedic beats in that movie. I think that movie will end up being a bit more serious than the trailer lets on. I think it's going to have a lot of funny parts, or you know, attempted funny parts. But, for whatever reason, they really want to market this thing as kind of a action comedy, and I'm not sure that we're going to exactly get that. It's Rush Hour without Chris Tucker. What? Or Jackie Chan. It's Galaxy Quest. Oh. Guardians of the Galaxy Quest. (laughs) I really enjoy Galaxy Quest. I still enjoy Galaxy Quest when it's on. I saw this trailer. I'm 100% in. More so than... I was before, I, I was kind of hanging in there, I was like, uh, it gets the full two-point bonus. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So wait, you were like a three before. I was at a three. I think I'm at. A, I think I was at uh, double threes. I think I'm at double fives. Might even put my excitement up to a six. Wow! Wow! I thought I, I thought it was good. It was funny. You hate this stupid space crap. I don't really like space crap in comic books. I like space crap in movies and TV. I thought it was really humorous. They they hit some of the things that that I like, and uh, I don't have any kind of attachment to these characters. That's probably why my excitement went up because now I feel like I know them a little bit better. They're people that I care about. I've read about them in the comic books. I don't give a shit about those characters. These ones, however, made me laugh. The Nova Corps, shit. I like them. They seem kind of buffoonish. That's cool. I'm in. How about you have them? I don't feel like they seem like buffoons, but I thought they were funny when they were like, what a bunch of a-holes, which is like my new favorite yeah. thing to say. I Maybe like- not buffoonish, <clears throat> but yeah, they weren't the serious police force of the galaxy that Paul wants them to be, that they are in the comic books. It's not that... They should be serious because Richard Ryder, the real Nova, in my opinion, isn't a serious guy. Neither is Sam Alexander, the current Nova. But I I think to set off just how unique and interesting the Guardians of the Galaxy are, the Nova Corps has to take a backseat and be kind of like the middle road bad guys. Oh, they're the serious guys that are locking them up. And that's only from this first trailer. That that might change. We may get to see a bigger Nova presence and maybe get to see them doing Nova-type things other than just being uh, wardens. wardens. All right, so part of, partly the reason why I think we got the, the biggest dose of comedy in this trailer, more so than we're actually going to get minute-for-minute minute out of the movie, is because... It seemed like all the funny stuff was related to the the prison sequence. It looks like that's an early on part of the movie where they probably get all put in prison together and that's kind of where we get to know them and that's where the comedy happens. And then once they get out of the prison, the adventure starts. And maybe that's when things tend to get a little bit more serious and less of a joke. There are a lot of hints of the action that are going to be in featured in this movie. So, and I, I don't think that it can be complete slapstick humor the whole way through. So, it looks like they dumped a lot of money into the CG. Looks really good. The spacecraft looked good. I wasn't I wasn't really feeling this trailer because it was I wasn't expecting the straight up comedy. It could be a Vampire Academy case where this is the funny trailer, and we'll get a trailer in a couple weeks that shows an entirely different, serious, dramatic space movie. Yeah. But what really endeared me to the trailer in this movie after after seeing it is um, I, I read an interview with James Gunn, the, the director, and there's a scene in the trailer where it looks like one of the... Nova Corps after the Guardians are being processed he's he has a Walkman that belongs to Star-Lord and he's listening to it and hooked on a feeling is, 
just playing on it. I can't get that song out of my head for the past four days. And Star-Lord sees him fucking around with his Walkman, and he's, he's, he's getting all bad and starts yelling, put it down, put it down. And it just seems like a silly thing in the trailer. It's like, okay, he's mad about his Walkman. <clears throat> but James Gunn explained it that Star-Lord's half-human, and that Walkman is the only connection he has to being from Earth. So, like, it's kind of a theme throughout the movie that he's super protective of that thing. And that gave me a little more depth into the Banana Peels and Cream Pies Fest that I initially saw. And it really restored a lot of what I was hoping to get from this movie. I love the part where they ask who he is and he's like, Star-Lord. I'm like, who? What? Like, come on, man. Star-Lord. It seemed like that opening sequence was pretty cool. Like, very Indiana very Jones-ish. Very Indiana Jones. Yeah. And in the same interview, James Gunn admits that the Indiana Jones movies are the reason he's even a filmmaker. Those left such a mark on him when he was a kid. They inspired him so much that there's going to be Indiana Jones-type references. Now, what did James Gunn work on previously? I have no idea. I'll, I'll go straight up nerdy on you guys. Um, I didn't like the beginning when he says Star-Lord. And the guy's like, who? Because in the comics, Star-Lord's essentially the prince of one of the most powerful um, races in the galaxy. Everybody knows who he is. Like, everyone knows his dad since birth. So everyone knows who that who Star Lord. Right, you're, you're saying he didn't have is. to earn his reputation. He pretty much had it. Right, Star Lord. But to the typical it was, viewer, it sounds like a dumb nickname that he gave himself because he's an asshole. Right, but Star Lord is the title is his birth title, you know, from the race of whatever race of beings he that he is. I think the uh, the Doe phases. Yes, <laughs> the Doe phases. <laughs> So, when, you know, whenever... In the that race is a bunch of jokesters. When he says Star-Lord, and, got, and they're all like, who? It just felt like a cheap joke. Ah. A, a, a quick place to, to fit in a joke there. Because those guys should have really been like, oh, shit. Now we're going to have the... Fuck, the, no, it's not the, the Kree? Yeah, he's Kree, right? No? No one knows. Marvel Space. Sorry. Yeah, there you go. James Gunn worked on Scooby-Doo, was on the Dawn of the Dead movie, 43, Slither. He did Slither? Yep. He also did Super. I don't know what that is. I saw that. That was really good. Super is Rain Wilson. Oh. Dark comedy. Ellen Page. It's basically like a much better kick-ass. Yeah. That's what I've heard. I want to see it now. Um, Spartoy. That's the race. Spartoy. Spartoy. I was yeah. gonna say that. I just wanted. I thought know, so. Yeah, I wanted you to look so. it up. I, I don't like to give you, you know, the answers too easily. I want you to work for Maybe it. Look so. for. It. Yeah. Any <clears throat> other any other tidbits to add this week, fellas? Everybody, see the TMNT Vanilla Ice commercial. I did not. You didn't. Nope gave me a little more respect for Vanilla Ice that he was willing to do that. Vanilla well, granted, he probably just needed that paycheck. 
I don't know. But Vanilla Ice seems to be doing okay for himself. He has like a, a do-it-yourself show on TV, and he flips houses or something. Doesn't seem like he's a destitute rapper like most. I like, I like a former fifteen minute minutes of famer that's able to poke fun of themselves. Like years ago when MC Hammer had the the one Super Bowl commercial where they take all the shit. <laughs> I think I remember that one. Yeah. In this commercial, Vanilla Ice is stocking shelves with Kraft Macaroni, TMNT, Shapes. A mom and her son come rolling up, and he starts saying, Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. And the mom just starts busting out with the dance, and they're dancing, and the son takes the mac and cheese and disgustingly throws it in. (laughs) And he's like, Word to your mother. Which is pretty funny. Awesome. I'll watch it. Good. You know who Vanilla Ice is? Singer? Songwriter? He's an early, early 90s rapper. Entertain- yeah. Yeah. I know you're I know you don't have your roots deep in so he's pop a ra- culture. He's a rap W R A P P E R. Yes. That's what I thought. That's racially insensitive, but yes. It's kinda of awesome though, isn't it? A rapper? Again, the Eminem is a rapper. If you would take that. If you are going to do that, Eminem, please leave a review for us before you do it. I think that's going to do it. Well, my name, as always, is Paul McGinty. My name this week is Ian Sharpley. And I'm Matt Cassell. Have a good week, folks. Thank you.